Bring this shit. Ooh, never mind. It's too late. <laughs> it's too late. Say, cuz. What are you gonna say? Well, I'm not gonna say. What's wrong with one ply? What's wrong what? with one what's ply? What's wrong with one ply? Yeah, you can't just roll up enough, right? That it's, it's always a, on a it giant is a it is roll. a thousand sheets per roll, Talon. It's more bang it's for your buck. It's not. It's weak as fuck. It tears while you're trying to pull it down. It's always on a giant roll. I've only experienced it in public because it's fucking stupid to buy one ply for yourself at home. You're gonna be shitting most of your life. At least enjoy some of where you're spending a lot of. You're spending years on the shitter. It, wipe your ass with something softer. If I'm just gonna so shit somewhere, I'm just gonna. What's up? So Tyler's telling me he uses Charmin. Yeah. Talon likes that bear soft shit. Apparently, you look like I use that, or I'll use like bears. Kirkland brand. It doesn't have to be Charmin, but <laughs> I don't like one ply. I don't care what it is. It's ultra it's soft. One ply. I want like six sheets to be fine because there's enough ply going on. You know what I'm saying? That's how well, we're starting off the episode today. And I don't understand how, because this is a fucking episode about masculinity, and we're talking about, you can't use one-ply toilet paper. First of all, I think this is a very good example of what men talk about in the first fucking place. This is a masculine conversation. You're not going to find women talking about it like this. Yeah, they will. They'll talk about shit, but they're not talking about shit like this. They definitely will. They will. They'll definitely talk about, you know, Toilet paper getting stuck in places. Yeah. How do you know, though? You just presume that they talk about that. <laughs> well, that's very uh, masculine of me to think that that's all they're doing, sitting around talking about that stuff. Stay tuned. Talking Junk Network, where entertainment lives. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to... Tonight's episode is brought to you by the good people at Heaven's Pantry and their star, the Excalibur. With six simple ingredients, dates, cashews, almonds, cocoa powder, and coconut oil with a little bit of sea salt sprinkled in there. You cannot go wrong with the only 100% vegan brownie that tastes amazing and gives you a little bit of bang for your day. Eat it in the morning. Eat it as a snack. Hell, eat it before you go to bed as a late night snack. It'll do you some fucking good. And this uh, real, real quick, I want to shout out Heaven's Pantry. Thank you for uh, sending me some product. Uh, I was able to give it a taste, and it honestly kind of comes off like a healthy little Debbie's brownie. You know what I mean? Right. It's very rich. You know what? After you eat Excalibur, you only have to use one ply toilet paper. <laughs> what I don't what what I love about Excalibur is that it's it it's, doesn't skimp on uh its ingredients you have whole ass nuts and dates in that bitch 
And yeah. on top of that, too, don't tell people it's vegan because if you don't tell them, they won't be able to tell the difference anyways. Yeah, keep that secret in your pocket. And then when they start ordering, be like, you know, that shit's vegan, right? They'll be like, huh? Not that I'm saying you should be vegan, but like, there's nothing wrong with having that in your diet. Exactly. Well, there's no secret. And it doesn't that taste like a protein bar. What's up, Jake? There's no secret that is vegan because if you go to the website, if you go on Amazon right now and you order some uh, Excaliburs and use their promo code HP Street, you get 25% off your first order. And then you use our promo code TalkJunk69 for 10% off every order after that. And you know where we're going after this, folks. We're going straight to LA because we are also sponsored by. Dizzle, the premium luxury liqueur, the only, uh, excuse me, I drew a blank, the only mango liqueur that mixes with everything. It's only classified as a liqueur because it is cognac and tequila mixed with hints of mango and citrus. This thing is amazing. We say it on every show. You can't go wrong with Dizzle. It mixes with them all. No matter what you can concoct, you add Dizzle to the mix, and you got a little 80-proof bang for your buck. Go and to if Dizzle. I'm correct, Jay, it's $20 plus shipping, isn't it? It is. It is. You go That's to DizzleBrand.com right now, and you figure out which distributor is the best one for you, and it'll uh, they'll, they'll ship it straight mm-hmm. to your door. And if you're tired of uh, waiting for the Dizzle, go to your local or big chain liquor store and let them know that you're requesting Dizzle straight from L.A. On top of that, too, I wanted to say I've tried Dizzle for myself, and it is probably the best like bang-for-your-buck liquor you can possibly get. Hands down. Hands down. Welcome to The Break Room, the podcast that comes to you live every Saturday night. The gang is all here. Dre, New Amsterdam Darby, and Monsieur Wolf, Lord Wolf of the Shadow Realm. I find it a little bit ironic you say the gang's all here because we're not all here and you're we're about not. to You're right. We're missing two, and I'm about to boogie because my allergies are kicking my ass. So tonight... The break room crew will be flying solo. And I know they can handle it because they're the only reason this is going on. Tonight you're going to be hearing me and Talon talking and Dre occasionally chipping in. Welcome to the break room. Yeah, that's, that's probably what's going to happen. But you know what? We're going to have a good <laughs> We're going to talk about shit. We might get off topic at this point, honestly. Because it's unfortunate we're missing the opinions of uh, the two other married men previously or currently uh in the group but we'll make do we'll make some chats we'll, we'll make some claims and uh we'll troll so we'll have some fun well i don't see it as uh you losing to i actually see it as you gaining your voices uh more for this podcast and what a way to do it than uh having a topic like uh, masculinity i think you guys are gonna knock this one out the park and Jay has a huge dick appointment. He'll see you all later. <laughs> well, you know, I, I got, I got to keep, I got to keep my assets intact somehow. His That's assets. why he got those glasses on, right? Just so you don't see my black eyes. Your <laughs> your eyes, but all right. <laughs> and they ain't from fists, folks. They ain't from fists. I shall see you, fellas, on the flip side. 
You missed the opportunity to say I'll be back. Who said I missed the opportunity? <laughs> I, mean, we, I think we kind of agree, though. You didn't miss it. I Especially did not. acknowledge it. You acknowledge the fact that he's right, and then you're like, who said it? And now no. we're waiting for it. You're not right. Because <laughs> I'm going to be back. He's just going to sit on the episode for the rest of like the, the rest of the episode. He's going to start slurring words out half the time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nope. Colin. You guys have a great episode. All right. Yeah, you, you, uh, you, you fixed that nose of yours, bro. Call us Moses Jones. Remember, arc your back. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> I'll take you. I'll take your word for it, Darv. Take a day. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> that was very masculine of you. It is masculinity in the ancient Greek terms was getting fucked up the ass, especially being the dominant position. That's why the ancient Greeks are no longer around. <laughs> because of butt sex. You know, Talon, no, no, I never knew you were a historian. That's part of the reason, maybe. Because it's it a little bit more than that. <laughs> you know what? The Greek Empire fell because of olive oil and butt sex. I mean, Welcome that makes sense. Trade is usually a big part of it. A big part. Trading butt sex? And, and it would be olive oil and butt sex. Like, they kind of... <laughs> they, <had no, laughs> they had no other All room. right. Let me, uh, let me put you guys on track before I get out of here. It seems that's all I'm good for. <laughs> <laughs> Second so, to leave, it's back to all the foil and butt sex. You're gonna say I'll be back, and then here he is, never left. I'm just saying because uh, <laughs> tonight's topic is all about masculinity. It's not about uh, butt sex with olive. They, could, they couldn't wait <laughs> to talk about olive oil and butt sex. Right? As soon as I turn the camera off, it's all about olive oil and butt sex. We're talking about the Greeks. What else did they do? They, they also, in between sessions, they, they thought about shit. They I'll tell you what not. they didn't have or do. Practice any ounce of masculinity. Have you seen Alexander, the movie? Yeah, about, yeah, I've seen that. That is a bold claim I don't think I've ever heard before. <laughs> well, I got to get you on track somehow because masculinity well, I mean, considering the only thing that would draw him down for being masculine was that he had homosexual relationships, he was. But that like, was like every Greek. The Greeks were just cool at that. That was normal. Like he, as far as Alexander's concerned, he did like start conquering and pushing back the Persians. It wasn't until he got to India and like encountered elephants, which anybody who had elephants back in the day, shout out to y'all. Because it wasn't. It wasn't even points. India that actually like. It was partially India. It was the fact that his empire was so overstretched. That like, too is very quickly drawn and shit. But see, we already see you. You tried to fix it by bringing up Alexander, and now we're talking about history, Jay. I don't think you right. did. I didn't. I didn't do too too much of a good job there. That's why <laughs> I'm gonna bow out of tonight's episode because I am in no way, shape, or form ready to uh, play referee tonight. So uh, I'll, I'll kind of like re redraw it in. So that one of the reasons why this came to mind to me is because it's not impossible to go on social media and not see a video that is somehow attacking men in society today. Right. Uh, it's a bit ridiculous, honestly, to the point that to not acknowledge the fact that it seems to be part of a general intention and agenda is kind of foolish to me because it's not hidden from you outside the fact that it's not like 
plastered on walls that meant like a terrible. cultural zeitgeist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's I I I just kind of want to talk about how did things get to that? Why are we not talking about and just like talk about what actually is? What do we all think kind of masculinity is? What is not clearly masculine that they're trying to take over? That's actually ruining what is innately like recognized as masculinity because i feel like it's more of an innate nature it's not something that you have to explain it's when you see a man you know that's a man why do you know because you understand that's a man that's the thing there's an association of sexuality with masculinity of being the position of a man from holdovers from 18th, 19th, and 20th century perceptions of what a man is and what a man does. Because in the 18th and 19th centuries, what a man was to society was what a man could provide for his woman, provide for his family, because that right. is what a man's worth and value was defined by, by in a traditional sense. And that's exactly what masculinity is defined as on the web. It's social expectations of being a man. The term masculinity refers to the roles, behaviors, and attributes that are considered appropriate for boys and men in a given society. Masculinity is constructed and defined socially, historically, and politically rather than being biologically driven. Here we're more so here to talk about the social components of what masculinity means and like how it's became that way. What Tom was talking about was specifically the political correctness, I guess you would say, of what masculinity means. And I don't particularly agree with that term. I think that the definition of masculinity has changed for mostly good reasons. However, there has been cultural lashback from what those definitions and standards have changed into. And the historical context behind that is that throughout history, mostly through the 18th and 19th centuries, when... Um, patriarchal, patriarchal, um, ooh, excuse me, I had to hiccup there myself. Patriarchal power systems were being challenged by the by the actual majority of people, you know, with both feminism movements, class movements. This is not even limiting my own biases, labor movements, and the such. When things first began being questioned, a lot of those feminists resorted to radical means in order to achieve their goals, which ultimately, in a lot of situations, was was necessary. Uh, and, real quick, Darby, you are aware of the fact that Rockefeller is openly admitted to helping start that whole shit. Rockefeller, but at the same time, there was also independent movements that formed as well. I was going to give reference to Niagara. Niagara, my where near Buffalo, was one of the first actual women's marches slash rallies for women's rights in the first place, and they were held by uh, women mill workers who were clothes makers. So some of them, yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised if it was funded because you know would that surprise you like a corporation wanting to give money or charity to a social cause it's, it happens today, <laughs> that no, happens it's, today. Not, it, it's more than a donation it, it, they blatantly established why they wanted to do it and it was because they recognized there was a huge population of the of america that they could not get money from exactly so they could profitize on it that's that's kind of what i mean that's so the same thing that they're doing how nowadays. is this evolution and women's freedom oh good? i'm not i never like, claimed it was uh, at the worst part feminism was created by man i was because he wanted to tax women and then the worst case, it was a result of them being bored. 
No, I was t- more so talking about the history behind it, like the actual historical background of how masculinity came to be. And not specifically masculinity came to be, but more so the social, like, backlash in definitions and standards that we have today. And I was starting off with saying that a lot of the radical components of it and a lot of the cultural and social backlash started from that point in time. And that would make sense that a corporate entity would want to fund something like that in order to stir, like you said, expand, not only expand their base of capital, but also in order to stir the pot in general in American society because corporations have profited from doing that multiple different amounts of times. Any sort of social or progressive movement that has root in America is going to ultimately be sponsored by some sort of corporate or private entity. Now, the thing is, with the especially with the definition that they had there, um, the idea that it's not based off of your gender in any way, I think eschews the idea that these roles were not established before we had real societies. And societies are the result of these roles that were fulfilled, not the roles were created because suddenly uh, we had extra time. It was because people were fulfilling roles so well and it was understood who should do what role such that people were able to progress as a people and be able to create societies. If we just had this, well, there's no roles and there's no natural roles, that's just gonna lead us to a point of degradation. Not particularly, because there's many societies where the roles were reversed. There was the Iroquois Society and plenty of the five tribes in general in North America. There was the Scandinavians, and then there was also a lot of old Germanic tribes who had women as head of household, as well as a couple of Asian tribes, Filipino, you know, stuff like that. There's plenty of situations and cultural and anthropological examples of where the roles were reversed in terms of what is hunter, what is gatherer, what is those defined roles in the first place. Like... Define head of household. Exactly, head of household. Specifically, I'm going to refer to the Scandinavian cultures. In Viking culture, the woman was the head of the household and made decisions for the family and for the husband. She made decisions for the husband? Yes. How? She was considered the dominant one because she was considered the wisest and most elder of the family because she was a childbearing one. How did she make decisions for him, though? Because... Uh, Vikings, like in general, like husbands once married to their wife, they would have to seek their approval of their wife's decisions before doing things like going off to war. Then why aren't Vikings known to be a female-led people? Because a lot of things about Vikings that you hear about aren't true. Vikings never wore horned helmets either. That's true, but that's random. That's my point, is that like multiple different things about those sorts of cultures are forgotten about or not even talked about. Not a lot of people talk about the woman-led council of the five tribes in North America. Not a lot of people five talk about sellouts. What's up? The five civilized tribes, as they say. I, I guess if you consider it depends what you consider civilized, but the term they use for it. I guess so. Yeah, like the Iroquois. The I don't remember off the top of my head. I think I, I'm I'm not good with that. But they're all in New York, though. I learned it all in like fourth grade history class, and I don't remember any of the fucking names of the tribes. Now, to be able to lead, where where's the idea that that is a specifically masculine trait and not just a trait one can learn if they are so put in that position? That's kind of because like, there are plenty yeah. of people that just aren't leaders, and there are plenty that are leaders. And you can tell my store manager currently she she's a female. She's great at what she does. 
She's very good at what she does. She's a great store leader. I have known many leaders across the board. I've never thought of that as a masculine trait. I feel like people are mixing societal expectations with what actually would naturally arrive. And if you took everything away in society, there are certain traits and roles that would naturally roll to the more masculine folk. That would just always happen. Like every time they do a season of Survivor, that shit always fucking happens. Well, yeah, because those people from those seasons of Survivors are people who have grown up in Western backgrounds. My point is that there are examples where there has been cultures that didn't have that set originally as the prime example. Like, like I said, they're mostly isolated cultures. That's why well, the Scandinavians were a bit different because they're probably one of the few examples in Europe. But a lot yeah, of but other... today. We're not because like most mo- like any ancient people from most countries would probably kick the asses of most of their countrymen today because we can't say, they just say all right uh, your people from a hundred years ago and people from today we're gonna send you all out into the woods for six months survive guess who's coming out most not really not like it's gonna be embarrassing yeah but that, that's a different conversation because we have we have different life skills taught to us so it's not really our fault people don't have the same skills they had 500 years ago. Right. right. Yeah, the, but that you, reinforces Talon's opinion, too. Talon that, that's what I'm today. saying. You have skills today that 700 years ago people have, have, would have no idea what the fuck you're doing. They, right. you, know exactly. how to, you know how to type on a keyboard. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. But even, so but, if you took the blanket of society away and put society into the shivering cold of reality without all the comforts that we have, there would be natural masculine roles filled by those who are understood to be masculine to take care of them. It would just be At the same time, I disagree because I feel like those roles will be filled by whoever has the power and ability to seize that power. If it's a woman, man, whatever the case may be. It's more likely to be a man because men are more common overall. Well, who wins wars, Darby? Well, who has been historically in the place of wars, depending on it. And also, you can't say that, too, because there's also been many queens. There's been plenty of queens who have fought in wars. How does a queen... Wait, wait, that's, that's irrelevant because a queen could just be born into being queen. When it comes to who's winning a battle in a war, it's men doing this on the ground. Joan of Arc, and That's, you're right. What, it is wait, wait, you named one person. This is like no, this, this is what no, this is I, I'm giving. A, I, I'm not trying to say that women are exactly <laughs> equal, are, are exactly equal in that sense of like historical backgrounds of war times, but yeah, in but battlegrounds, you, of course, it was men I could, because I could go on for days and name men that were soldiers and iconic well, fighters. Yeah. There's a well. There's a reason you named Joan of Arc. You can you name five more women who are known for their militaristic leadership? Uh, Zhang fighting Zhi, abilities. Zhang Zhi, um, Catherine. There was also a Swedish. Um, yeah, emperor. you're you're going to struggle through this when it was really no point doing that. Now watch, watch this. Watch this. The entirety of Easy Company in World War Two. Just that. That's at least like a few hundred people. After you name that many women, then they're in the same conversation. But until then, they don't fight wars. And we're not going to act like they fight wars because that's fucking bullshit. I'm not and, and saying that. that they just don't saying that they have wars. the capability to, though. And no, they don't. Oh, they, they don't. don't. No, yeah, they that, don't. That's also not yeah, true. I don't know. I, I, I disagree with that thousands of years of human history for women to prove that point. They have always proven that they would love for men to protect them. Yeah, like I, you can't be serious. that is in some cultures though, because as I mentioned in other examples, majority of the world that's how how this thing goes. Yeah, outside of like the Amazonians, there's not one army in history that's supposedly made up of women that but has the fact that other cultures that have reversed that role exists. 
and that's the thing. You are correct, though, that in times of war, men are usually chosen simply because of their physical traits. And you're right, because of certain physical traits, certain aspects of society, say you took away the blanket of society, as you said, certain traits would fall on men. However, I'm saying that women have the capability to fulfill or step up to those traits. In mass times of societal or cultural difference, yes, okay, sorry, they wouldn't fight entire wars. They have been generals, they have the capability to be generals or to be soldiers, but for most of, for most of history, society has been primarily sent men out to war. And there's a reason for that, because you're right, if you took away the blanket of society, as you said once again, men, because of their physical traits or biological traits, would have certain capabilities fallen and put onto them. That is not, that's not a denial of that. I was just saying that, in general, women have the ability to fulfill roles that men typically are normally assigned. Okay. AKA leadership. I, I want to say quick, Darby. I'm going to be coming at you like I'm coming at you. I'm not. I'm coming at you like you're a devil's advocate with the ideas. So don't get personal if I get hype at anything because I probably will. But I I disagree with you. There are tons of roles that women cannot fill, and it's evidenced by the fact that they don't. What roles would that be, though? infrastructure of this planet most of it is fulfilled by men there's plenty of women i'm not saying that it's not mostly women like it, like means, if all women, women that go it. to work stop going to work for a week there would be problems on the planet but if all men stop going to work for a week the world would end but that's because of societal expectations that have been put upon men no women. no it's not because think, at this point wait, hold, hold on, women have, i'm sorry go ahead you don't think this is the natural like way of things there's this natural order of the world that i understand you're, you're going to bring in the social dynamic which is understandable but you don't think it's natural for for people to live the way that they've been living for thousands of years in the majority of the world i wasn't saying that i wasn't saying it was I'm, I'm asking no i i don't think so i think it's natural yeah okay i wasn't denying that in the first place i was just saying that in general that there are plenty of positions where women can fill that position and have done in the past, even if they're cherry-picked examples I can give to you. There's plenty of more examples that I can't reference off the top of my head historically because I'm not an encyclopedia. Right, but, but we don't have to be an encyclopedia to give examples of how many things they don't do. But that's my point, though, is that of everything that you say they don't do, there's at least an example of a woman who's able to fulfill that position. You said infrastructure. There's plenty of women who are architects, so like, who are engineers, who are designers. There's plenty of women. But that's the thing, though. It's not the majority. You're correct. It's so like, not typically assigned to by society as that role. Go ahead, Tom. Because women can produce a Billie Jean King does not mean that you would say that women can compete in men's tennis. <laughs> I wouldn't say that women can compete in men's tennis in the first place. No. But do you understand how I'm using this analogy here? But I'm not disagreeing with your analogy. That's the thing. Well, why would you say that then? Because I'm saying that there are positions that, because men's tennis is specifically for men. Architecture, no, no. What, what's up? But the point he's getting at, you, there, are, there are women who are capable of doing things like being architectural engineers. That is true. And there's also women who are capable of being great at tennis. But he's making the comparison of you wouldn't say Billie Jean King could compete with Roger Federer just no. because he's great. So when it comes to the architectural design, 
we you want to go up and look and see how many noteworthy architects are women versus how many are men. But that and there's a reason behind that. But that's I'm not saying that women don't. That's the thing though, is that because you guys are forgetting the fact that because society has been that natural way, as you guys put it, and I'm not disagreeing with you, that's a natural way. Women are often grown up into thinking that they are going to be, you know, like are going to be mothers or providers for their children, stay-at-home moms, and that's that's until recently, you know, until very recently, that that has that that aspect has changed. But regard, we're not talking about that right now. But, yeah, right. <laughs> but um, what I mean is that you know, up until recently, that women have been considered and groomed to not groomed as in a bad way, but groomed as in like, you know, by societal expectation. Yeah. Social expectations to be providers and children givers and birth bearers. But it's not, I'm not saying that like, I just disagree with the fact that comparing it to men's tennis, because yes, it's men's tennis, men compete in men's tennis. You wouldn't put a woman in there, No, but but you can't say that. You're right. You wouldn't put a woman in there, but we live in a time where women are saying, well, I should be able to fight men in fight sports. I should be able to compete against men. And then there's options for that, though. That's a thing. I disagree with that. I agree with you, Dre. But I I was going to say there's options if you want to. Every single time it's happened on camera, whoever put it together has immediately wondered if they're about to have legal issues because it's so one sided. Nah, New Japan Pro Wrestling, they actually have female male matches and sometimes it's like it's straight up fair fights. Like sometimes the female wins and the male win. <laughs> have you Why seen not? like MMA fights? Have you seen like yeah, the like wrestling. fights? Well, that's because it's, uh, you're right. It's different in America. You're right, you're right, right. It's not just This America. wasn't even in America. This was one dude fighting 10 women. You think they let that happen in America? <laughs> Well, that's that's why I said it's not America. <laughs> You're probably like, yeah, it's different here. And that's because of that aspect of like... I, I watched a video the other day of one dude wrestle two women and they could not pin him together and they were fucking trying hard as shit. And then he got the over on them and pinned them both within a minute in arm bars. But there's examples of girls kicking fucking big buff dudes' asses on New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's, it's, I agree. Yeah, but like, I'm in not most situations. Use wrestling as a real example of stuff. That's... Pro wrestling. People yeah. are scripted this act out. They, they Like, I get it. That's much more real than other wrestling for sure, but it's not. That's not a straight up MMA fight that's being sanctioned. <laughs> my, my 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 point with the tennis before just to clear that up was just because there may be examples of women who can step up to the plate does not mean that you would say women w- should or would fulfill this role naturally that does not mean that you should not give them the option to try but it means that more likely than not most will fail or just not be interested in it in the first place there are not women out here trying to be garbage people or f- uh, fucking uh, climbing like like. I I don't know because pretty... I I work in trades and auto tech say like you know you say garbage people which maybe you're right but at the same time you could also say the same thing like auto tech like there's not many girls out here trying to be mechanics or auto techs I or electricians or no nah, I disagree with that because in auto tech we well maybe electricians but not not fucking plumbers and like. Not in trades. You can't say trades anymore. In trades, there are a ton of girls. I noticed what, for a fact. What, what's the percentage? I would say it's at least about twenty five percent. Like, hold on. Let's let's do a quick search and see if Google gives us a little. Let's 
Yeah, go ahead. Because like, I, I for a fact in New York, I've seen a ton of girls in like different trades for gas inspector, boiler worker, for fucking. Um, we had another girl who was like a carpet layer, and like we had another girl who was also there for testing radon levels. There is actually a ton of girls, at least up in New York. This could be just a New York thing. Maybe I was on the trade of the Valkyries. I don't know. On the what? Trade of the Valkyries? <laughs> okay, this site doesn't want to load its fucking article. I thought... If you're in a fucking car. No, I have good service right now, but the... Man in the Shadows. IWPR. I don't know what that shit is. <sighs> Numbers matter. I just want numbers. Why is there... Let me see. Here's a chart. Do you want me to use my actual computer to look up these things? I was like, you yeah, if you want to. You could, you certainly okay. could, my guy. Women's share of the construction trades. For, in 1999... That's construction. Well, I'm talking about trades that were construction. If you look at one example of this stuff we're talking about, it has gone up to 3.4% from 25 since 1999. So That's not a, a pretty... huge increase in terms of lots of women trying to prove a point that they can do what men can do then maybe my situation was specific i don't know let's see if maybe this graph is better no this is just different i'm totally willing to admit that my situation is completely anecdotal in the first place but in, in general i was just saying that i feel like that if you did say not take the blanket off the society in a bare bone stripping it way but you have society that has progressed to a point where nobody really needs to fulfill those roles. Because I, I wanted to point out something now. We're talking about woman's place in society. We're talking about man's place in society. Ugh, excuse me, I got hiccups like crazy. What happens when we get to a point where artificial breeding becomes the norm? Where we have machines that can put out human beings. I'm not saying this eliminates traditional mating because that will never happen. We lost, but continue. Yeah, so this does not eliminate traditional breeding because that will always happen, especially amongst the religious folk. But say we get to a point where artificial breeding is a thing where you can just simply deposit your sperm, you have eggs harvested from you maybe at birth, or maybe, you know what I mean, like eggs, eggs harvested from you at some point, and you can just have children then or cloning becomes perfected in the future and that becomes the main form of reproduction where would those societal standards of masculinity fall into place that's By... not, that doesn't sound like a human society to be honest why wouldn't it human societies can be anything in the future you can't say what isn't and what isn't a human society we don't fucking know that that type of human society wouldn't be like the next you know how we have like homo sapiens and homo sapiens that would be a new step in that evolutionary line. That's not the same folk that we are now. Because I can't answer to that. Because well, I can't imagine right. the steps that would get us to that. Well, I can kind of see it. Because yeah. I think you undervalue <laughs> the amount of people that like fucking. I can see the most absurd things happening for humanity. Because it's not history. Yes, we've, been pretty some, we've been some pretty weird fucking folk. The only Look, you, you know how poor people have 17 kids? Yeah. People love to fuck, Darby. So the only reason why they would stop loving to fuck is if they were scared into not wanting to do that. You know what, Talon? But at the same time, to give you a point, humans also used to love bashing each other over the head with rocks. 
We still do we that to that day. We still do love still doing do. that if we give, if we're giving we a less of it. No, things will change. Only, it's societal understandings that prevent us from acting instinctually because most nah. people do not have the wherewithal to tap. Uh, oh, I agree with that. Uh, responsibility but for that. But societal expectations can change drastically in the future in ways that we cannot possibly think of. So that's so that being said, that's a really unfair question to ask. Well, no, no, no. I'm just saying in general. I just kind of wanted to bring that up in general because I wanted to see what Tom would think future expectations of masculinity I, would look like. Because honestly, that just <clears throat> that does not. I could not tell you. That sounds like some type of androgynous humanity that I don't identify with. <laughs> I wouldn't well, say. I wouldn't say I identify with it either, brother. I, I'm I just asking the question. Androgynous, but it'd be like if there was no need to have real sex and people could just nut in a cup and have a child that's something that is so out of people's realities of what child bearing and everything is so it's kind of it's kind of crazy to ask that because okay Dre, to say, can i give you a scenario i just thought of one in my head okay go ahead nuclear war happens massive nuclear devastation soviet union has about 3500 nuclear missiles they launch every Did you single say one. Soviet Union? Yeah. Soviet Union. Uh, that's what the Soviet Union's arsenal is estimated at. Russia's could a be lot. less, a lot less. I, I just. It takes shout, 90 Shout out to the comrades. I didn't realize we were throwing the flag back up. My bad. Please go back. Shout out to the comrades indeed. Anyways, um, say the Russia throws all their nuclear arsenal, China throws all their nuclear arsenal. America and Russia are the only two countries in the world that have a no first use, or are the only two countries in the world that don't have a no first use policy on their nuclear missiles. USA actually has a sort of nuclear plan that has been released to the public because every single nation discusses their nuclear plans at each G5 summit in order to put out white paper reports so that the UN can distribute to each nation. It's sort of like a, hey, this is my policy on nukes. I have this many nukes. What do you got? between all the nations that carry nukes. Diplomacy. Pissing contests. Exactly. <laughs> and basically what, what I'm trying to get at is that, say, America, in this situation, their white paper policy is to strike every single nation, fuck you, fuck everyone, a.k.a. Not every single nation, but every India, <laughs> Pakistan, China, and Russia. That's their four nations that they're going to strike. Originally, it was considered France as well. LOL. So, in this situation, nuclear war does go off. Humanity is just utterly decimated by a nuclear barrage in ca global catastrophe that has never been seen before. In the surface, after being bombarded by dirty bombs with cobalt that season the earth with radioactive material that exists for hundreds and hundreds of years, we seal ourselves deep within the bunkers of earth. You know what? That's another point. A lot of those bunkers, they're not going to have the amount of population necessary to maintain a genetic compatibility with each other. You would require about 200 males and 200 females in order to maintain a healthy genetic population. They got bunkers for that, for sure. They do. So the rich would be able to get away with having normal human societies, for sure, for sure, for sure. But in situations, say, not only just humans, but other worlds, perhaps, but, you know, just humans in general... Maybe there's a bunker out there that does exactly what I just mentioned. Where they're it, like, well, we have cloning technology. Why don't we just start cloning ourselves? 
it's easier it requires you know it requires a bit of power but maybe we got infinite power because we have a geothermal source next to us or something like that because a lot of bunkers are built on geothermal sources okay can you get to the point in a scenario where that's my point is that there's an apocalyptic situation humans are forced underground they don't have the genetic population necessary to maintain that compatibility because that's 200 people, women and 200 men who have the genetic differences necessary. You might need more than that in a realistic situation when you have random people in the same area fleeing to a singular bunker. Or in Talon's situation, you have a rich bunker that does have that maintainability. Which does exist. I'm not saying it doesn't. <laughs> but my point in general is that like their humanity can be forced in the situation in the future by reasons that we cannot possibly foresee. I would, that was just the scenario I was talking about, a situation that we could not foresee. And that's why I was asking Talon what, like, what his definitions of masculinity would matter in a situation like that. Because even <laughs> besides for a nuclear barrage or a nuclear exchange, societal expectations can change for a lot less. Well, quickly, I have never actually defined what I think is uh, masculine other than that. I think that it's, you recognize steez essentially. Recognize what? Steez, recognize steez, Darby. Recognize steez. Real, recognize real. And in regards to those particular situations, especially with a bunker, I don't know how Dre feels here, but like, that's very specific. If we have cloning technology and we just fucked ourselves it would seem foolish unless there is reasons not to, to not utilize that in a way to aid the growth of humanity. But it's also going to be a turning point to, again, this is now going to be a new age of humanity. This Situations is of desperation or rev revolution in human culture and societal expectations can happen at any moment or given time. People do desperate shit at desperate times. That doesn't mean it's their nature. And I think... Well, you would say that's not their nature, but I think an animal being backed into a corner and hissing at teeth and using every single option possible for its escape is human nature, is animal nature, because humans are animals. No, we're only animals in so much as we give in to our instincts, and we try to play both sides to make, like, give excuses. It's more no how much we try to play or not into our instincts, our instincts are ultimately what guides us. Everything is formed upon instinct. Your eyes and reflexes, your way you move your head. A lot of broken instincts out here. There is a lot of broken instincts out there, and I'll agree to that. I'll drink to that, actually, Tom. Cheers. <laughs> this is where we've landed 40 minutes later. You know what? Jay was right. We really could fill up the room, huh? I mean, it, it, it's not difficult to do so. I, I just... <laughs> so... There was a video I wanted him to play um, because it was kind of going back to how there's been this attack on so-called toxic masculinity, which is really only ever the size of the bro community in the first place. It's just the bro community got popularized, and so people thought everybody was a fucking bro, and that was not the case. <clears throat> and now we have people talking about, like, working out is not good, and if you work out, like, that's not you don't have to do that it's like it's more masculine to be thin and like useless physically as a human being and it's like you're not even talking about masculinity anymore even though for some reason you're targeting it you're, you're advocating being a useless soft piece of shit 
I don't think you have to work out for that, though, because my body's just fine, and I don't work out. I can do all the shit I want to. Yeah, that that's not the point, though. They're not talking about live your life. That's a perfectly fine message. They're talking about those that are saying, go work out, go take care of yourself, have these type of traits that are perceived by others to be toxic because of maybe an experience they have or some type of projection that people have. Have you ever heard of toxic positivity? Yes. I have. That just reminds me of it, though, because whenever, 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 like, I don't know. I've been in situations where I'm struggling with shit in the past, and I talk to some of my acquaintances about something because they ask me, like, hey, man, what's up? And, you know, you tell them about shit, and they're just like, oh, man, you just, you know, just get some exercise in, you know, eat some granola. It's just like there's this sort of, like, okay, so ignorance that's associated with. It's not that it's with. toxic positivity. It's useless fucking information. But they're literally a, but they're, they're literally saying to you things that you know, but they're not actually adding anything to your thought process for your current issue. So what they just did and the time you just spent was for fucking nothing. Right. So they, that was a waste of time. There's no such thing as toxic positivity. That's well, literally that's, that's what their defi- that's what their definition is. Because no, 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 like no, no, no. It's, it's a fucking oxymoron. Positivity, it, it, positive, the, the implication is that it's uplifting. It is going to increase your aspects. Toxic means impure. So how can you have an impure upliftment? You can't. It doesn't happen. That doesn't exist. The only People pure upliftment happens from useless. the big man upstairs. <laughs> People are just fucking useless and people don't know how to deal with that, and they don't know how to deal with their own traumas and issues, and so they put it onto other people. People love to be a victim, and they love to blame men as being the reason why they're a victim in life. Would you say playing victim is an inherent trait of human nature? No. What causes it? Society. How does society cause it? Because you don't have to survive anymore. Where has society touched you? I'm joking. That's I feel. But no, what? Why does society cause it? How does it cause it? In your opinion? Okay, well, just to give you a look back, uh, like we were saying before, people from even like a hundred fifty, like a hundred years ago, back before we really had cars, right? Those people had to survive much more than we did, especially when like the in places that weren't as settled in the wild, wild west types of situations where like you had to learn how to work your land or you had to know how to hunt or you had to know how to make clothes or you had to know how to sew. You had to know how you had to have skills on to such that you could perpetuate your life and live life to the point that most of your life was spent learning skills to live life so that you can proceed to create more life. But as society grew and more of those things were taken care of by somebody else, because as society grows, especially in a capitalist one, somebody's going to say, Hey, necessity, the mother of invention, I'm going to, I'm going to fill this void for you. Just give me this amount in return. And so now we just pay people to do all the things that take care of us. And we equate surviving to going to the grocery store. It's not the fucking same. I agree with that. I really do. You know what? That actually brings up a point I wanted to bring up in, like earlier. When it comes to those types of societies in the first place, why do you think that in all natures of animals, and like, you know, across the board, humans included, 
cooperative models are the most successful because it eliminates that desire for competition in the first place and allows more flexibility between roles. Theoretically, I agree. Theoretically, it's not it's not that much theoretical. Kropotkin wrote a wonderful book on it called Mutual Aid Theory of Evolution. I, I'm saying to you, I agree with the theory. Ah, okay. I just, I guess so. I yeah, just, I, I can only say it's a theory because it's not really like, it's it, it was done by somebody who was skilled in science and biology, and it was published as a scientific paper, and it's been talked about many, many Darby, times. Darby, full disclosure. I trust science in so much as I investigate it on an independent basis. I don't just trust science. That's not a good idea. Well, I, I, I don't blindly trust science either. That's what I'm saying. I read this book, and I thought it was... I thought it had some good like good points in general. Well, once I learned where all the schools came from, and I learned where all the... like it, you, I don't trust people that are prominent scientists just because they're prominent scientists and did a study that brought them to this conclusion. Especially I think the better when term you're is taught to look a specific lens. People aren't taught a skill and then sent to the world to do it. They're taught to learn something from a specific viewpoint that somebody established in the past and then proceed to do work within those confines. And it's commonly seen that if you go without the established confines of what's in universities, you will be ostracized, you will be attacked, you will be defamed. If you even suggest what's not already agreed upon, agree. generally speaking, I, I'm, I'm a fucking maintenance man. I'm 21 years old, and everybody else in my field's over the age of fucking 40. All Wait. I do, all I do, is fix fucking wheelchairs and then do general. I, I know like seven different trades, and I use them all at once to apply them to like fucking like just what my daily day life is at work. It's just maintaining a building and a facility. No offense, Darby. You know a lot, but you're not an academic scholar. That's the level I'm talking about. Oh, here. oh, yeah. No, I'm I'm talking about like like if you're not somebody who goes into college. Okay, yeah. Nah, I feel you. But in general, like you're saying all this right now, and while academic level scholars would be probably exempt from this, automation also poses a huge change and revolution in this type of idea of thought. For masculinity? No, for skills in society and people gaining those skills in society in order to survive. Because once a lot of low skill, like, and quote unquote low skill, I don't say it's low skill because it's, it's hard work, but, and not everybody can do it for sure. But what I was going to say is that for a lot of considered low skill jobs, once they are automated, there is going to be a huge amount of people who... Have don't have no jobs money. don't have jobs because of the fact that to the capitalist market they are not profitable there is no way to include them in this market unless you just say quote unquote why doesn't everybody do robotics yeah why doesn't just every single person go into making robots like that sounds like a fucking happy society that's because they need robot makers <laughs> that's the point like everyone could just be robot makers yeah that, that sounds like uh, you know that sounds like a healthy society. <laughs> I, I mean, I. the reason why I don't look forward to the things that you project is because I know that they are likely right now going to be the fruits of a capitalist-based agenda that is entirely uh, malicious. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's, it's entirely malicious, the system that we have. 
And that system is like going back a little bit more to the topic, talking about capitalism and its maliciousness. It, women are they talk about wanting to get on men and like attacking men for being predators, but they're they're the number one predator of marketing and business and shit that you don't fucking need at all. <laughs> yeah, Talon. At yeah, all. Nobody, no fucking, I have never in my whole goddamn life heard a man say that bitch needs to put on makeup unless she was objectionally somebody who needed something to help hey, make up. I disagree with that because I actually like seeing makeup on my girlfriend, even though I think she looks beautiful without it. I just but like my makeup. point is you wouldn't tell her she needs it. Oh, for sure. But the, the narrative is that all men are telling all women they meet at some point, hey, you should put on some makeup. Nobody's telling you to go spend 500 motherfucking dollars on some shadow and some other shit. To you expect the most girl to spend $500. Let me tell you. No, too nah. many of them are spending too much guap. Like, I get it. Like, there's nothing wrong with accentual makeup, I guess, if it makes you feel pretty. It's a whole other thing if you're putting on a fucking face. And then I you're going to say that because I like goth girls putting a face on by men in society. But most men, when you ask them, like, goth nah, girls. they don't need that shit. Tall and goth girls. Come on. You can't discount that shit. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought, motherfucker. Uh, you're, you're just pulling another outlier situation. It's not an outlier situation. Goth Billie, girls are perfectly valid. Are you discounting the Jean King moment? <laughs> nothing more. No. Well, listen. I, I'm I, not saying that women shouldn't wear. I, like, I'm not telling women at no, all what okay. to do. No, what no, I'm it's, saying it's because I agree with you. We're just not fucking telling stupid. them what to do. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, no, if no. you tell them, no, nah, you don't need to wear makeup. Don't tell me what I need to do. But then if you suggest, hey, you know what? You could actually, you know, if you put on some makeup, this might help this way or whatever. Just from your personal opinion, because they maybe even they asked, no, I don't need your opinion, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, well, somewhere you're apparently getting told by us this shit, but you don't need our opinion and you shut us down every time. So where the fuck is this narrative that you're making in the first place? I don't know. Some people like feeling like they can make their own choices upon like what they wear and what they identify and what they design with. But right. then... But my point is, it's not about making choices. If you want to put your face on, fine. But why is it so many of the people putting a face on and have fake shit are talking about men pressured them and men in society pressured them into doing it? But then somehow along the line, it's always, I did it for me. You did it for you when? When did you treat your mental health? Uh, to be fair. I've known plenty of girls who did their makeup instead of tend to their mental health. So yeah. You have a point to this. I'd, I'd say a hard 85 to 90%. Well, that's the thing, too, though, is that, like, not, that's, there's a lot of girls who aren't like that. But at the same time, like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It's fucking bullshit. They need to stop slandering men. Like, men don't... Like, women should appreciate the fact that, generally speaking, men don't actually give a fuck that they're talking so much shit about men right now. 
we're more we're still more concerned about making sure society continues to function and inventing things that they will buy and utilize on a daily basis while talking shit about us i don't give a shit about dude fucking inventions lol like ah shit great capitalist inventions like the touch screen fucking fridge cooler in the gas station (laughs) i don't give a shit fuck the society why why wouldn't a socialist society have that darby why would it are you asking me why would a socialist society have a fucking touchscreen gas station cooler because they wouldn't need to list 5000 fucking different brands of the same why wouldn't shit? people want 5000 different types of shit because in general you don't cuz a lot of the different brands are just the same shit who's going to decide for people that decide no i still want coke even you're like, well, it's like the same. I want Coke. You and get you're gonna, no, Coke. You get Pepsi. Coke is one of the main. We're doing Pepsi now because Pepsi's pretty much Coke. That's and they go, motherfucker, one... if you don't give me some goddamn Coke, I'm going to cut your balls off. What happens then? I feel happens, like I, I feel, I feel like in general that like in general that people if they want different types of it that it can exist but there wouldn't be a need to create so many cheap off brands of different products because the product would be sufficiently affordable in the first place. It's so not you're saying there would be that there would types. be a restriction on invention. There wouldn't be a restriction on invention. Is that invention would be directed? So there could be five thousand brands places. of soda and a touchscreen refrigerator. So, can you repeat that? Sorry, I didn't hear if, if there's invention and people can have the freedom of choice, then people can definitely have 5,000 choices and a touchscreen refrigerator and a gas station. Honestly, you're kind of right. I guess so. I guess in a socialist society, if somebody really wanted their fucking gas station to have a fucking touchscreen fucking bullshit on their fucking shit, then why not? Because, I, I, I there mean, like, be nothing <laughs> stopping them, I guess. You're right. There's not nothing's going to stop people from wanting, excuse me, the opulent aspects of life and wanting more. And no, it's not going to stop people being nothing like, well, I can do that, that way. because a lot of the things that have like <laughs> the problem is like the slippery slope that we were almost getting to there where it was like they don't need that. They don't because it's all pretty much the same thing. That's not the point of freedom in society. The point of freedom in society is, yeah, he's making the same exact shit, and it's in a blue bottle, but him and 10 other people really like that shit. So, you know, he he did it, and he's trying to get other people to drink it. It's the same as the red thing, but whatever. You get people I just to think brands would have a lot less of an influence because, say, like, if somebody, you know... <laughs> Just because a, capitalism is dead isn't going to get rid of the power of brand recognition and marketing. Well, you're, you're correct, but that's at the same time... That's just propaganda, and that was the, fucking bread and butter down there. Well, you got to listen. At the same time, though, say if you're a household and you are provided each month like a basic set of living utilities, especially with a check and whatever else that you want to spend on. So basically, like your living stuff is covered. Say your toilet paper, your paper towels, your food. You know, you already get water and utilities covered, et cetera, et cetera. You got all that basic stuff covered. If you, when you have all of those things covered from a month to month basis, your choice in toilet paper isn't really gonna matter that much. If you want to go out and buy Charmin, you can, but it's not gonna have the power of being like. I can oh, tell in your voice, you would be like, you guys are should be fine with one ply. I don't understand why you guys are complaining. One ply is enough. Just roll it up. 
Just write, um, that's 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 not that's not really. I'm more so just saying like in a situation where everybody's basic needs are covered, the brand recognition doesn't puncture as deep because these brands aren't covering or like producing the basic necessities of life and providing them directly towards people. It would rather be you have those basic living necessities covered and then brands would be powerful in things extra like luxury items or the opulent things in life, as you put it. So no, brand recognition wouldn't be dead. It would just not be like like a dominant aspect of life. Like, oh, I better buy the Charmin 2-ply or else I'm going to be have a shitty ass for the rest of the week. It's just going to be like, well, if I don't want a shitty ass for the rest of the week, I can buy the 2-ply. Like, I, <laughs> like I, that's a shitty example. <laughs> no pun intended. But it's just like, it's my point is that like people are going to have their basics covered. And if they want the extra necessities, they can have the ability to go out and get that. Humans at no point in history, I think, have shown that basic needs is enough for them. And if you give them a house and a car and some food and whatever That's and then they're like there's they also it. other shit that you could buy kind of because you but don't you really need, need other shit so you we've kind of limited well, how many other, other things there are how many other cars there are well because no, 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 you're misinterpreting a basic aspect of social policy to each according to their need each according to their ability in a social society, your productive value would be able to determine, like, oh, okay, you make this amount of productive value and your job is this important. You would get these basic necessities covered. Yes, everyone from the bottom to the top will get their basic necessities covered. However, depending on how important your role is in society, determined by how much productive value or what actual, like, labor force, how big your union is, etc., how big, how much aspect of control and demand that it needs so in the economy, its economic weight specifically from other unions to the next that would what's up so i i just have a a scenario for you then so like if everybody's basic needs are going to be met how are you going to do so when it comes to people having children and those needs exponentially expanding how is it that somebody's going to feel fine that it's fair that a person who decided to have five kids is allotted more by default than them who is single by themselves? First of all, let's put that aside. Somebody who is either a family of five or somebody who is single could have a choice of house that they like with certain exceptions. Obviously, there is the material reality. Socialists are not only not grounded in material reality, their philosophy is based upon it. Not everyone can live atop of the fucking Mount Everest. Not everyone can live on a scenic fucking highway by California. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you understand that there's enough people that do. I get that, but just because there would be people out there who would have that opportunity, and there would be, say, housing complexes and units built along those areas where more people can have the opportunity to, but it's simple material fact that, you know, it's limited, space in stuff, like, space in general is a limited resource. However, it's not limited in the aspect of, like, oh, we don't have enough space to serve everybody on the Earth in the next population for this amount of time. We have plenty of space to serve the population for hundreds of years until eventually we do hit that overpopulation point. By then, hopefully, we would be out into space and expanding to other points in space. Because obviously, there's a limit to those certain things. That's not what I'm getting to. That's not what I'm getting to. 
My point is, how would they make it fair? Okay, we've built, we have a, we have a, like a material well. Do you want to see how like this would actually be put into ground action? So first of all, one of the things that I would feel like is a huge socialist step in the first place is having a sort of public works administration that is able to put anybody who needs side work, anybody who needs primary employment, anybody who needs basically what is the equivalent to the Army Corps and Engineers now, except entirely composed of civilian units who offer that training. And it's not, it's entirely possible to do this. It was done in the 1930s and 1920s with great results, such as the Hoover Dam and a couple of other major infrastructural projects in the United States. So there is historical backing to this idea. Continuing on, the public, a public works information like that will be able to put massive amounts of people into work, be able to boost the economy further, and be able to have multiple infrastructural projects across the United States complete in the first place, including housing, specifically housing. So more of those opportunities will be able to have for those people who want those areas by the beachside. There will be more opportunities for people to have, like, people to want to live where they want to live in the first place. Like, eventually, you're, you're presuming that people would want to do that job. I'm presuming that people who are unemployed are going to find whatever means is necessary in order for them to survive in the first place. Nah, definitely not. What do you mean, definitely? What do you mean, definitely not? The reason why most yeah, people, people, there are mentally ill homeless people. That is a good majority. I'm not going to deny you. So yes, obviously, it's not going to solve people who are mentally ill. But having I, their, basic... I'm not even talking about homeless people. I'm talking about how the general work ethic today is non-existent, at least in Western the... society. In the rest of the world, it still kind of exists, but it's not work. Work is plenty existent. There's plenty of hardworking people in America. America is one of the fucking strongest countries in the world. And you're going to say that there's the... like... I, I... Yes, the general work ethic of this country is not great. People are sick of getting exploited. That's the fucking thing. People are sick of getting paid like shit when obviously they can get paid like more. During this pandemic, corporations work, work have... Work ethic goes all the way to the top, Darby. I totally agree with that. But my point is that like people at the bottom are sick of getting fucking crushed. Right, because nobody has work ethic. People Ethics. at the bottom are working as hard as they can to just to fucking survive. No, Most, they're, they're not There's a good chunk of this... Hard. There's a good chunk of this country that's on minimum wage. Should I look up the percent of this country that's on minimum wage and the percent of this country that lives check to check? Yeah, but you see, I know that's like everybody. I've been around that number for most of my life. But you're presuming what people are doing and what they would want. People want to own things. They don't want to just be provided stuff. They only want to be provided stuff in so much that you mean that they can be lazy. People have if you're, tell, if you're telling people that you're going to give them everything they need to exist, but you're still going to have like entertainment and all that type of shit they can loaf, loaf off of, they're not going to be productive members of society, Darby. That's not true at all because there's going to be other things that people want. If you cover the basic necessities, there's desires and innate curiosities and things that people always have wanted to do. Different types work, of things. work is an integral part of the human nature. Everybody likes everybody likes to work to a certain extent. Not everybody I think likes everybody to work. Has to work, and some people have the desire to produce, but not everybody. Almost everybody, and the people that don't have the desire to produce produce things in other ways. And in, a society, 
in a society where those people who are able to work to those efficient capabilities can offer that excess and that surplus value that exists constantly, even in capitalist society, which is the same surplus value that is harvested by those capitalists in order to control the firms of production, even if that entirely isn't perfect, I'm not saying it's going to be perfect, it's going to give everybody a chance, it's going to give more people a chance than it would in the capitalist society. I mean, you sound like you just need economic reform. It doesn't sound like society needs to change at all. Uh, there just needs to be a change in how society continues to go forward that's not exploitive. I don't really see any necessary means to go to so socialism at all. It just seems like people need to stop being capitalists because, honestly, a capitalist society sounds less risky for somebody at some point to be very power-hungry. Having a worker-owned means of production is socialist. That's, that's I, I don't trust all people with that mean. I don't do that. No. I wouldn't do that. People are not smart enough to be trusted with that much power. Cooperatives like that. exist. All the, I can give you plenty I of examples I don't trust that. They're going to educate people first. And then make them a part of society because when you educate people, then they want to make choices. And they're not going to. Unions are what got you your labor rights. So, all those people that you don't trust to give you and actually settle those things that you're talking about are the ones who gave you your rights in the first place in the workforce. I, what? So, I'm supposed to fucking thank them? No, you're supposed to understand that people. Because have I have yet to, to see any modern day examples of a communist country that is worth giving a fuck about, Darby. Cuba, Bur I told you, no. Cuba's a great example. No, nobody gives a fuck about Cuba. Cuba Cuba tried to act like gay people gave a fuck, and when that missile crisis happened, you know what happened? Cuba learned that and they you're are also a, a forgetting, puzzle piece. You're also forgetting the fact that multiple countries that have tried to establish a socialist like a society have been directly destroyed by the United States. Because they suck. And it's not a good enough idea. Oh, yeah, to yeah, because they just suck. Yeah, you know, just because they suck. United States. No, because if fucking, it was a good no, enough no, idea. Eisenhower was sitting in his office. He was, was like, like, oh, yeah, you know, those idea, fucking Ecuador, they suck. Able to get the people <laughs> to join the idea. And you can't just murder millions of people if you have no, them on that idea. that didn't happen at all. Chile, Chile is actually a, a great movie. example of that. Chile was if a huge. Let's not listen to this. Chile was a huge nation in South America, and they are they are geographically rich and almost plenty of resources, and they are actually one of the most economically and socially and culturally advanced nations in South America, in the actual continent of South America. We're not talking about Central America at all. In South America. During 9-11 in 1973, or 1975, I don't remember the exact year, there was a social there was a socialist who was promising the exact economic reforms that I'm talking about who was elected democratically by the population and allowed and began making those reforms which involved you know give like actually establishing one of the first socialist economies in in actual South America cuz Cuba's technically not South America it is but you know what i mean so let's just let's not discount Cuba but in the same time when that happened, America literally invaded and installed a fascist dictator that murdered communists by the hundreds. And any suspect, any political suspect, every political suspect was just lol communists and thrown out of a helicopter. That's where Pinochet's helicopter rides come from. That's just one example. This happened in Ecuador. This do, happened in. Do you Tennessee. think that it wasn't like both ways, though? Like that it's not. No, it wasn't because nothing about Chile threatened. No, there wasn't any. Mil the socialists don't automatically require military struggle. 
the dude who was elected in Chile was elected democratically by the population. There wasn't any fucking African junta shit or third world country. You're, you're familiar with else. domino theory, right? I'm familiar with domino theory, and I don't believe in domino theory because once Cuba turned communist, what other nations turned communist? That, when Burkina Faso turned communist, what other nations turned communist? When China turned communist, what other nations turned communist? When when did the domino theory like? Because when you try to compare like domino theory to other nations, like oh the Soviet Union became communist and then China became communist, Mao Zedong fucking hated the Soviet Union. Soviets and Chinese hated each other. Not from the beginning. From the for like of ten years after World War Two, and the second they were like, oh hey Mong, second that that's Soviet... because that's because Mao borrowed hella shit that he couldn't afford. No, and it was he... over Mongolia. Because the Soviet he Union borrowed annexed... supplies to help set up China, and he overworked his population during that time. And during that time, he got a fucking issue with Stalin, and they started to have a divide. Mao had that divide big... shit from the beginning. It was different shit from the beginning because Mao entirely vowed for a different type of doctrine that was based on farm, agrarian-based, like, feudal structure. Like, uh, like destroying that feudal structure and creating an agrarian collectivist economy. Because China, at the time, was mostly agrarian. And his process was trying to convert that agrarian base into something that was more industrialistic. And also, right. at the Did same time, he was... A tragic situation. I agree. I don't... Dude, I don't... I hate China. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, I don't start... Don't get me started there. I fucking hate China. And China wasn't even that wasn't even that was communist for like what thirty years, and then suddenly they went capitalist in the eighties under like under Deng. So it's not like it's not like you can even say China's communist nowadays because they're straight up fucking capitalist. They have real estate. That's and because all the major players are playing both sides, especially the United States, because we just say no to the doctrine and then implement it as needed into our society. We have plenty of socialist programs and socialist aspects of our society. We could probably adopt plenty of the things that you're talking about that would help everything out. We're just so afraid of it because we're told to be afraid of it. Just like on the other side of the page, they're told the same damn thing. Why even are though they told that? Because it benefits aspect. the capitalist ruling class. That's why they are told that. And that's it's why not they just the, the capitalist that. ruling class. There's just a ruling class. I think we can agree upon that. Not even just a ruling class. You know, I'll expand upon what you're saying right there. You know what? It's just the cultural framework that the ruling class overall has put in the society. It benefits the system. It's what greases the cogs and machine. Just like the feminist movement did. I don't even know where to start there, man. But still, I don't know. I, st I still, I still fucking like. I, I, I still think that in general, that like you can't say like, oh, where's all the communist nations when America systematically destroyed any ability for the examples to occur because that would be a direct challenge to their influence in South America and other countries around the world. The CIA was especially involved in America in doing it. Any socialist or communist activists were murdered or killed. Talon, I don't have fucking rights. I don't have constitutional rights because I believe in the doctrine of Marx. But that was of choice, so... But that wasn't... But that's, that's the point. For a country that avows freedom of speech so much, I don't believe that the doctrine of Marx can be established through violent means. Do you I think believe... capitalist believers would be handled well in a socialist society? If they, they are free to establish their own communities that would be able to do just fine and they are able to have capitalist economies, people will... People, the socialist economy doesn't mean that no other economies would exist. So then... I don't see why we need to have major reform here. I think, again, 
this I don't think you're really a communist. I think you just recognize that communism has some aids that America needs and you see where those fit. And I think you should help that to happen. I don't think there needs to be a whole complete fucking flip of society. Cause oh, Tom, I'll sides, do that and then I'll get know, shot by the CIA. Huh? Well, as well yeah, <laughs> of course. but that's because that's all part of a much bigger ploy. Like the the whole communism versus capitalism thing is is just a means to an end. It's not a real thing. I agree. It's not a real thing. But the reason I'm saying I criticize capitalist economy for the exploitations and measures within it that need to be reformed, as you put it. But the but reason that makes why it's me like a communist that. in capitalist eyes. However. Well, like the reason why it's like that though is because it is also a means to an end. Because I would say that naturally, if because if anything, you can just look into the history of how we treat capitalism in here. If you're big enough and got your fingers in enough pockets, you literally can't fail because we'll just give you billions of dollars, unless you fuck over the people that can give you those billions of dollars. And well, fuck the poor. Exactly. Well, that's because nobody. Have you ever met somebody that was worth like millions of dollars on a regular basis? Like different people were like just been in those circles because a million dollars is only a monetary value in a society where I don't identify like material want where we identify material want with. I'm, I'm talking about in your actual like life experience. How anybody, many rich anybody. People? You're no, asking I'm... me that question. How many rich people have I met? I've, I, I never met a millionaire, but I've met plenty of fucking people have money. Okay, so millionaires don't have money. I get that most of them are assets that are inherent or tied to the market that can be mostly volatile. And once they pull it out, it can be devalued considerably. The people that do have money are the people that pick communism and capitalism together. I get that. And I'm not saying I acknowledge that in a ruling class dynamic, there is a ruling class. So in this I have to say, so given the history of how uh, communism has been, to kind of bring it back to the original topic somewhat, it, are there examples as strong as other examples in history of, of women men, of women yes. leading successful revolutions? First woman. Like, oh, for successful revolutions? I'm not sure. That one I actually cannot answer you on, and that could be a point you can make. But however, in, in communism, there has been a huge centric focus on achieving women to be the same level. Soviet Union were the first people to put women as tank commanders, snipers, and they enlisted massive amounts of women into their military force. And that was that, that was also on, by need, but that was by need at the time. But that became a tradition, and that also applied to industrial. And the Soviet Union embraced the idea that women could lead any role in their society, and that was apparent by their command structure that had women in it. That was apparent by their fucking like their multiple different amounts of people in society who are architects or engineers who were women or, like I said, generals or tank commanders or soldiers in general, the Soviet Union loved the fact that they had women in their force because they could put everybody into work into their collectivist program. And you say the other time I was defending the Soviet Union? I'm going to say this right now. I don't defend every aspect of the Soviet Union. I don't. Because there has been shitty aspects. I was just saying that the Soviet Union has some good examples of how their ideas of communism, as Tom put it, were successfully applied. I, just going back and looking into the history of it and just many different aspects, the concept of communism seems to always end up getting lost in the leader of whoever started it. 
And well, somehow the people seem to always end up getting fucked when they support somebody who's like, I got this great idea that's going to help us all. And they're like, great, we trust you to do this. Look what you did for us. And they're like, yeah, so I'm going to need you to do some shit. And they're like, cool. And then it's like, so when is shit? Uh, okay. All can right. I, can, I, can I add yeah. on to that, though? Because there is a point to that. Because actually there was a member of the Soviet Union named Trotsky who advocated for more of a democratic, or uh, at this point it would be, at that time it would be considered liberal, like form of governance where unions or aka syndicates were able to control aspects of the economy unionize member like unions of workers from different aspects of the economy who band together in committees who elect representatives to account for them in this committee of governance and of course those representatives aren't invincible either corruption is inevitable in human society we all can agree to that but my point is is that it would better help represent their interests in a communist society rather than just having a singular dictator. But that never happened because when it because any society that well actually no I can't say that never happened because that happened in Cuba and that's why Cuba still exists to this fucking day. But anyways, regardless from my point, but you're right, centralization of power is a problem in any economic or governance doctrine, and that's why it must be avoided at all costs. It, I, I would argue it has been proven that it cannot be avoided once you get past a certain population density. That's a theory that would have to be tested on a communist country. Because I can't, like, I mean, I can't predict it because at the same time I feel like a union would be a better model representing large swaths of the country, especially if you have unions making up a single, like, union committee that responds directly to their needs and wants from other unions who bargain and negotiate for their desires, etc., etc. And it would be hard because there would be no direct elected leaders of these unions or of these committees because they would all be collective or direct democratic principles. And that would also be complicated and bureaucratic, but at the same time it would ensure the necessary liberties and preventing from centralization of power in the first place. However, ultimately, centralization of power is hard to prevent in a society because ultimately you are always going to have those power dynamics that occur between different ideologically minded individuals. And what the response to that is, is simply acknowledging human nature and understanding that the measures and governance that I'm referencing has a better way of addressing and settling those power dynamics and issues rather than letting private social Darwinism reign supreme over society. And that's why I brought up mutual aid back Kropotkin earlier. Funny how that kind of loops back in. Speaking of Darwinism and evolution and the growth of people and society, <clears throat> um, why is it that now... If you don't do feminine shit, that's wrong as as a male. And why that. is it that males can't define what a male is, but women and everybody else can define whatever the fuck they want? I disagree with both. I feel like men can define whatever their own masculinity is. I feel comfortable with my shit, dog. I fucking rock the flower of florals and shit, and I like my gay shit. I'm a bi man myself. So I don't give a fuck. Where is it okay for a man to express what he, where he's... Where's is, where is there a spot, like, in 
common society interaction where it's okay for a man to just express where he, how he is and how he feels honestly. Because if he did, it would involve him saying, I don't like this type of woman. I don't like this type of things. Like he would be able to say, these type of women annoy me. I don't like this type of trait. This you know shit what, Colin? I feel like you can do that because I do that shit. But you just have to learn how to say it. You just have to be like, no, you cannot. I'm... You go make a video right now somewhere online and go say that. Yeah, let me go up to the flocks of women waiting outside my door, Don. I'm talking about back when I was in fucking high school, you dick. <laughs> I'm talking about on social media where on all Twitter. this shit and all these conversations are going on on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all that shit. Try and say anything derogatory about women or any other group based off of experience or just opinion or whatever. Ignorance, it doesn't matter. Go don't, try don't, and don't. state your do opinion. You think, do you think and it was watch how you won't. Do you think it was no, I think it's China. No. They do you think it's China? <laughs> they own all the apps. <laughs> they're they're causing discourse, discourse and fucking, you know, sentiments rebellious sentiments in american society is that what no you think? no it's it's a much deeper psychological destabilization than dissension what do you think it is explain explain this to me i actually want to hear this i, I there's a there's a reason why you always see vapid ass people talking about controversial topics and then suddenly they're famous for making stupid ass statements about shit that they're not qualified to make in the first fucking place and then people take that in as new information regardless of whether or not it's been clarified and that's now become a societal opinion and it starts to shape society and how people are and how they think and how they interact <laughs> It's an op. It's clearly an op. It's an op oh. on the fact that it's known that in China the, the psyop because you think it's China. However, I still think at the same time, you look at websites like Twitter and Reddit. The biggest amount of tra traffic on the internet. Is Reddit is owned mail. by China as well. Yeah, but the biggest amount of traffic on Reddit, you know where it comes from? An Air Force base. In the my, United States. My point. My point was, it's an agenda. It's clearly an agenda, whoever's setting it out, to put this type of conversation into the forefront of people's minds, whether they like it or want it to be or at, at all. That's called is, a culture war. But it's not a real culture war. No. It's, it's just a, a bunch war, of uh, people. Yeah. That were good at, that got online and they stated their opinion. But the problem is, is that not both sides can be stated, and that's actively seen. The amount of videos you can find of hateful shit being said about men as a gender or actual directly towards men that don't get censored or removed versus anybody like myself who will say something, nobody sees it. Somehow the censors recognize there's a hateful speech and you're bullying. How did you see me do that? But on these other videos, there's thousands and thousands of to the point that they're virally known. That just like, sounds like corporate algorithm pandering. Again, yes, that's I established that. I said it's clearly an op into society to deep to, to attack men. There's an attack. On men, and <laughs> there's a war on men. Okay, I 
I don't I don't know if you're actually not I'm a. Fu- I'm fucking with you, but I kind of agree with you. I'm just at the same time. I'm also just throwing jokes out there, I'm not actually attacking you. Just fucking, you know, tossing the shit. It it just seems blatantly obvious to me. You know what? You know what? I think that at the same time, it would make sense to have a sort of discourse like that online and have sort of like entities operating on that level in order to invoke pointless, almost not real culture wars, as you said, on social media platforms in order to, like like you said, cause, you know, discord, not for the purpose of attacking men, but for the purpose of having an easy venue in order to spark controversy, because you got to admit Second, someone does throw some shit against, like, women or anything like that. Yeah, of course that's going to blow the fuck up. Because it gains attention and gains popularity and gains traction within the algorithm that exists. And if you're saying that's an operation, I would say that's true. Because most of the time, most of those algorithms are used in order to incite discourse, in order to gain more popularity and traction and popular... It's like a news channel. They use fear and rage and outrage and all sorts of other shit in order to keep their population addicted to it. You there, homie? Yes. I'm like I guess I'm gathering my thoughts here. Dre, are you still there? You got any thoughts? You've been quiet for like an hour. I'm here. He's here. <laughs> do, do, do you care to speak on this at all? Yeah, but, uh I don't really know where to get in with you two. I feel like you guys kinda lost the plot too, but that's that's what I expected. I expected it too. And we lasted a little bit. We went about like an hour. And then after that, it just totally fucking took off the rails. That's, that's what I tried to rope it back around a little bit to the, the toxicity that's going on. Like, the, I find it ironic that there's a quote unquote war against toxic, toxic well, masculinity. We're still talking about masculinity. There's actually far more toxicity coming from those who claim to be oppressed. You know, this makes me want to look up something. Hang on. Leaders who do not act dialogically but insist on imposing their decisions do not organize people. They manipulate them. They do not liberate, nor are they liberated. They oppressed. Another quote that Paulo Freire has is that those who, those who escape the boot of oppression end up becoming the oppressors themselves. Because ultimately, ultimately, society is going to give leverage back to, you know, after, like, women have won, won a lot of freedom and responsibility in society. society what's left to get, we get? What's up? What's left? What do you mean, what's left? What is left for them to fight for? I... Don't personally, I'm not fucking caught up on that shit. Like I, like pen, there is still a gender pay gap, and I think that's no, there's not. No, there is, there is, there is in certain jobs, and I think that more measures should be taken against that. But there's just, and that that does exist for certain jobs, not because of overall medium pay gap between women who work jobs and men who work jobs, because obviously there's going to be a pay gap because the jobs are different. I'm more so talking about in certain aspects, in certain fields, there is a gender pay gap. There's a lot of medical fields, too. There's not a gender pay gap such that it's worth relevancy in an argument. 
No, I I can agree to that. I was just saying, like, in general, I don't think, like, we've gotten to a point where women have the opportunity to engage a lot. However, that women are still preyed upon by consumerist ideals of manufactured beauty standards. And I think that's still a thing. And I think that women, a lot of women don't fight against that. And I think you made that point earlier, though. I did. They are their own worst enemy. So we are. We, we, like, we, we talked about it a lot. You can't say shit. <laughs> I mean, we touched on some things. Like, I, like I, honestly, like, I feel like this is a, a, a complete representation of the fact that women are fucking lost as a gender. To the point yeah. that their their own gender identity yeah, of what a woman is is being yes I do, and I feel like and this has resulted in this trans women in women's sports, which is ridiculous. But it's, trans but trans women in women's sport are originally people who were men. So wouldn't you say it's men who are being lost in what their identities genders are? If women had their shit together, they wouldn't have let them in in the first place. That's not... That's How does that work, though? Because I'm trying to point out that... Because women wouldn't argue against a man wanting to be a woman getting to their sport. There are a lot of plenty of Bible-toting fucking conservative women who are also on that fucking culture war. This goes back to, what, to the, the tennis... The majority of women are not in that conversation, though. Are you talking? What are you talking about? There's plenty of older women who are straight up conservative. There's a lot. I, you said older women. I said the majority of women in this country, like overwhelming majority of women in this country, have not fought against a bunch of men getting into their spaces. Yeah, you, the conservative Bible bumpers. That's that's a small portion of women, to be quite honest. That's but not it, a small this, portion. We're in America. The majority. Wait, America is probably is the least religious it's ever been. Way more people. America is still more religious than most countries in the world, though. That's. I mean, every country has their own. That would be based off of population density. If you scale, and America has a high population density in certain areas and some in other areas. There is even religious population areas that are heavy in America. Of course, that's. But we're. You're talking about conservative women. Most women are not going to be identifying as conservative in 2022. There's a lot, though. I know. Darby, that's not the point. I there okay. are a lot of women who support conservatism a lot, but those that's not the majority of women. I get it. Okay. So the point he's making about this whole women getting let the the trans women getting into women's spaces is like if women gave a fuck about this, it would have never got this far. Instead, women are like, well, we support that. We, we're okay with that. We're cool with that. It's like, all right, that's fine. Now you're going to see what you're going to lose out on. Some women don't care, but some women, some women are starting to see it now. How it's kind of crazy for a dude that couldn't get a gold medal decide to switch genders, and next thing you know, he's just he breaks every powerlifting record. Sure, even if we discount that though, that's just such a that's such a tiny example. Oh, that's... That was a small example. You know, you, there's definitely more examples of that, but this goes back to the tennis uh, analogy I used before. Now, imagine if Roger Federer went over to the women's seed. Serena and them wouldn't fucking matter anymore. They wouldn't. They'd be gar. Everybody would be fucking garbage. 
they'd all be fucking garbage. Serena has admitted in interviews that she knows that she's the best, but she would never have the audacity to try and go onto a men's tour because she would get destroyed. And she even said she would get destroyed quickly because it's an entirely different game. They're stronger, they're faster. It's, a, it's never, different. So you wouldn't, the idea of allowing... I said earlier in the conversation that if you take off the blanket of society, there's certain inherent biological, physical traits where masculine identity would fall under. I'm not, I never denied that. I was just saying, I was giving a lot of examples of how there has been cultural and social examples where women are equal or given the chance to be equally able to step up the plate. But as you mentioned before, too, of course, a lot of women aren't going to be able to step up to the plate because women in general, because of their own biological and physical, like physiological, like abilities, they are responsible for giving birth and they have, you know, there are mothers and they are caretakers of children. So, of course, it's going to be situations where there are certain jobs and certain abilities and sections of society where women belong to, but there is also plenty of roles in society where women are capable of. Women, so it, it, my the point, point is, the point is, is having a, women have the choice to be able to choose either role. Is it a win for women when men win for women? Is that a win for women? Because that's a, I, I don't think, think it is. is. I think it is, but some people How is not. it a win for women when a man who fucking sucks decides to be a woman and then dominates I all the women? I just kind of... Hang on, Talon. I just kind of illustrated this before, though. The point is, is for women to have the choice. If a man is able to give a woman to be able to have the choice between being a caretaker and having a role in society that is normally not fulfilled by a woman, then that is a win for both the man and the woman, especially if the woman is capable of that position. Okay, now that's that's different than he's talk, talking about the competition aspect. Well, the like, competition aspect I already agreed to, though. I agreed to that. But, yeah, you you went back and brought it to, like, 1940s. Because I wasn't even just trying to bring up 1940s. I was just trying to bring up the fact that, like, you know, it's the entire point I, I agree with is not about women, you know, f purposely having the same, like, biological or physiological capabilities of a man, but more so just having the ability to choose whether or not they would fill a role that's typically not assigned by a man or being the traditional roles that they have. I don't think it's really a choice when you're being told that it's better to not do that. And it's been a progression throughout society, the narrative that has been told to women. It went from being a housewife to you should get educated to you should get a job to you should be your that's own woman. Western society, maybe. I can. There's a point to that. But I was going to say, that's definitely not Eastern society. Like, fucking China and fucking India and fucking... And you can't discount India because India has fucking the second largest population in the fucking world. And you can't, you know... Chip the... I would discount India. What's up? Why would we discount India? Uh, uh, no, I was just saying because it's a third world country, sure. But I'm talking about like West, like if you're talking about Western philosophy, sure. Like maybe the fact that you know they've been given more liberties in the society, like yeah, there are certain aspects that suffer. However, the efficiency and productivity of society could also have a net gain in general too, because there's still going to be tons of women who fulfill those roles and are able to at the same time be mothers and caretakers of their children. It happens today. There's plenty of women who work full time and are able to take care of their children. Shit, my mom worked full-time as a kid, and she was able to take care of me. Like, that's just... That's not, like... She wanted to work full-time? No, she... Um, she No, she, she, she didn't really have to. At some points, yes, maybe for, like, one or two years, but most of all, she's always worked full-time throughout my entire life. She likes working. So she wanted to? Yeah, she wanted to. Okay. 
Yeah. Oh, no, because I'm not going to deny that there's been like a year or two where she's had to work for me, and you know what I mean, as a kid. But that's pretty much having a kid in general, though, I feel like. Well, I think... Oh, my mouth well, is dry as fuck, too, Talon, I feel. No, it, my mouth's not dry. I've been drinking water. Um, you know, you gotta stay hydrated, man. You gotta, you gotta take those sips. I've been taking, uh, I've been drinking some Pedialyte and New Amsterdam vodka. Okay, that's another angle. <laughs> Definitely efficient. Um, I... I don't understand like for example let's let's kind of change another gear here looking at movies and cinema i know gear. you've seen just in general it seems like all movies now all new media the new main protagonist is often a woman doing traits that have been afforded to male characters for hundreds of years, let alone in cinema, it's just been written really that way. I don't care about that, and, though. But if I see a movie wait, 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 wait. I hold don't on. care. Hold on, hold on. Okay. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But why is it that every time they do it, it's at the cost of a male character not having those uh, qualities any longer and they're now being given to a female character that is new. It's pointless corporate pandering to social boobits that exist nowadays. And I get that. Like, there's a lot of pointless base towards social movements nowadays. I'm not denying that. I never did. However, like, in general, like, <laughs> that's gonna happen no matter what. You're gonna have Coca-Cola cans with gay pride flags. You're gonna have movies with fucking black, trans, gay androgynous fucking clowns and fucking you know what I mean? That's not that just happens. If, if your shit is righteous, it doesn't have to come at the cost of something else. Yeah, but that's not how the world works. Because nothing righteous or nothing unrighteous ever has. There's been plenty of badass female characters that didn't, that weren't at the cost of male masculinity. I... At all. I, I can agree to that. However, my point is, is I wasn't denying that. I was more so saying that corporations don't give a fuck and they're just going to make whatever seems the most profitable. What seems why, most profitable? Why, why, why do you think they would think that's most profitable? Who is that for, Darby? Who because are they making of, that because for? They're taking characters that are established earlier. and emasculating them. Because what I mentioned earlier, it points to a corporate, it's corporate pandering to a fucking tasteless base. Of people who just junkie in on social movements that have become completely commodified and commercialized. To what end, then? To what end? Any end. Any end that suits them. The ruling class, that is. So you think that this is just a trend? It's not a trend in the same way that it is, like any sort of exploitation of any social change or progression or regression, etc., etc. It's just the powers that be addressing and adding in that bullshit in order to appease the masses. Bread and circus. Yeah, I don't I don't think he thinks it's that big of a deal. Because it seems like a, a normal thing for corporations to do. It always corporations have always done shit like that though.
There's much more for you to learn, Darby. There's much more for all of us to learn. I can agree to that. Life is a journey. Life is a journey. And so far, thank you for everyone who has joined us into the break room. We're not quite ending here, but I just want to take a brief remission. And anyone who is still watching this three-man fucking circus, thank you. I agree. I can co-sign to that. I mean, we've been all over the place, but let's be honest, none of us were expecting Jay to bow out. And I wasn't expecting Migs to not be here. I was kind of hoping everybody would be here. Who the fuck cares if it's all over the place, my dude? I think I'm, I, I don't. Think our I, repertoire, say, I think our repertoire has been solid. This particular one, I was just interested to hear everybody's thoughts. That's all. So I'm not mad that it's just us. I'm glad. I think it's still good shit. I'm just. I feel like we're gonna have to, if necessary, or somehow maybe reframe this in a different time in the future. Who knows what the next topic is? You know. You know what? We never had a live discussion of what it should be. Of what? Of what the next fucking break room topic should be. Were we supposed to? Why not? I mean, we're the only ones here. I mean, I, 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 before we do that, though, Dre, is there is there anything you'd, you'd, you'd care to say at all? No, you guys got it covered, really. There. Yeah, I just I find that it, it, all the shit that I said at the end of the day, what I truly believe is that uh, in in many different facets, there's an intentional uh, attack on the mental health of Americans, and until they realize that it's literally everything yeah, that's influencing that, and unless they deal with that. However, it may need to be like healthily, of course. Um, society is going to continue to be in this fucking weird ass tizzy, and uh, yeah, y'all just just love yourself more, forgive yourself, and don't feel like don't get to a point to where you're not blaming others for things and recognize yourself for your own actions and how you got to where you are, where you are. And after you get through that point, you're going to be a lot happier with what happens in your life. And you're probably going to not hate people because there's too many people out there with hate. And I'm not going to say there's not toxic men out there. There definitely are, but this isn't what that's, this was about. There's overly toxic women out there and males and other folk that are just doing an unnecessary attack on the entire population of men for no real reason other than their perceived guesses or experiences and then putting them on everybody else. Perceived and culture words. The, what, the only way out of it is to deal with your shit. If you don't deal with your shit, you're just going to live and you're going to be insane. You're going to be living the same thing over and over expecting a different result. Don't be insane. Be a player, not an NPC. I don't really have any words after that, to be quite honest. I've, I've, I've fucking sat down and had plenty of long-winded trails on what my thoughts on this topic are overall. But in general, I don't disagree with really anybody, what anybody has really said, other than Colin's one bit about women being lost as a gender. I don't agree with that at all. I don't mean, like, 
and like on an individual basis either. Like if you came up to a person, I wouldn't say, ah, you're automatically lost because you're a woman. As an actual generalization, I'm using that. Even then, I still, I, eh. I could say I'm that just, we're all, I'm I could say, you know what I say to, you know what I say to him? I feel like that we're all lost. I feel like every single one of us. I'm not lost, but I understand what you're saying. Typically, those who aren't lost don't just realize it yet, though, Don. And that's where I come I, to say, again, <laughs> we all have lots to learn. Bro, look, I know I have more to learn, but I'm not lost. Anyways, I think it's good we end it here, brothers. Welcome to the thank you for tuning into the break room. We all appreciate y'all. And yeah, I'm not even going front. I'm not in the house, so like it's still gonna keep going. So if y'all want to leave, go ahead. But this is gonna keep going for at least another ten minutes because I have a bunt in my hand. So. Oh, that's okay. We can keep it going for another ten minutes. Anything else you wanted to bring up on your mind recently, Talon? What else is stewing in the Talon pot? Well, I can tell you something interesting. Um, a friend of mine out in Connecticut, he was driving home from Danbury to Waterbury, and he sent me a picture of essentially a UFO. Like, it was a crazy-ass situation. I'll send you all the video. Um, and it looks like a giant. Like, to me, in the video, because I can't tell that it's moving, but he was telling me that it was moving. It looks like a portal, almost. But... I go onto TikTok and I go a couple of fucking videos. Some dude down south took a video of the same exact shit, the same thing, and it looked it like is wild to me because it was uh, several hours before he saw it, so it was almost like it was traveling in some regard. Um, very interesting. That's funny, because I remember posting something in the group chat about how there was aliens being seen over the Ukrainian battlefields in general in, like, Kiev. I don't know if y'all remember that, but it's funny how there's just tons of alien sightings I going think I around. do recall you saying that. I've def there's been, like, for what was supposed to be, like, a big disclosure <laughs> type of thing. That yeah, no, the Pentagon was just like, yeah, aliens exist. <laughs> So yeah. we call them UAPs. It's like, bro, what the fuck are you Man, you you told us to come listen and you didn't tell us nothing we didn't know? <laughs> and they mostly say that it's probably just experimental stealth craft or experimental fucking devices. And I still don't believe that. It sounds like hot air balloon for the Roswell incident. But at the same time, it's just kind of like, I don't know. I feel like that at least like 60 or 50% of most UFOs are probably just fucking experimental aircraft. Do you, do you believe in the aliens? I do believe in the aliens. You ever heard of the Fermi Paradox? Yes, you've brought this up before, but I, I'm just, like, curious. Like, how? what is your, like, in your current mind, how would you hope or how do you think aliens are interacting with us if they are? Or how do you think aliens are likely to be when we encounter them? So I almost have like two separate trains of thought, and I'll answer your latter question afterwards, how I think aliens will be. And I can't even really answer that one, but as for like two trains of thought, as for like how I think aliens are interacting with us, I honestly don't think there are that many aliens, if at all. Only because if you took the universe, like in its age, relative age from start, from what we know, 
and our expected current scientific models, this is totally subject to change. This is not based in concrete. I'm not saying it is. It's projected scientific models of the universe's lifespan. To the average life expectancy of a human who is 75 years old, the universe would only be 24 days old. So the universe is young. We are incredibly early. And the universe is still very volatile, as you would put it. And we only have a couple of examples of supermassive black holes that rival the galaxy's, uh, galaxy's age in general. Like, we don't even have that much stuff that is older than the galaxy other than what we can distantly most observe in our observable universe. So, with that said, the probability of alien life is almost absurdly... It has to be there. there there's no if ands, or buts. There's no, like... Oh, there's no way to work around, oh, hey, there is no alien life. Because there are more stars in our observable universe than grains of sand on this fucking planet. Now, real quick, when you say that, are you implying, like, bacterial, or do you mean, like, intelligent? And um, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, like, what, like, in, like life in general? Oh, we already ha we've already found microbial life in space. That's already a thing. We already found that. So when, when I'm I'm just defining for like when you say like you mean like intelligent racist. Yes. Intelligent. Okay. I think that there's almost no there has to be intelligent life out there somewhere, and there could be in the Fermi paradox is discussing why we haven't discovered it or what reasons we haven't, and I guess if you're asking why I personally believe that we haven't yet, is simply because we are incredibly early. That's why I was mentioning the universe's age. The universe is incredibly young. It is still incredibly volatile. It's still full of stars being birthed across. Like it's still young. Like the expansion rate is still intense. Like it's still expanding outwards at an immense rate. And in general, I like I just feel like that. With that said, that's probably the most likely. But I guess if there's a reason why, another reason why civilizations we haven't seen them yet is because eventually civilizations destroy themselves. So you think it's. It's just as likely that civilizations have just prevented themselves from getting to space as there is the chance of us encountering one. That's that's another thing. So it could be both. Like it could be like, oh yeah, you know, intelligent life probably does exist, but about half of them probably blew themselves up if they even got up to space. And then like the other half are for whatever reason still unseen. Probably because space is huge. You gotta remember, space is fucking huge. Like, to, take, to travel from our closest star, it would take 70, 90 light years. And that's the, take, the amount of time it takes light to travel one year. Like, that's, and that's the fastest thing in the universe, light. So, like... As far as we know so far. So, so far, you're right. That, that's fair. I mean, like, there's still theoretical ways to bypass the speed of light through Alcubier drives and other forms of theoretical warp drive that can bend actual fabric of time for what we theorize from Einstein's, like, uh, theory of relativity there's ways for us to possibly bend it and go past faster than the speed of light. So that's, that could be another reason. Like, you know, if we have, we have yet to discover some faster light technology and that is the reason why civilizations haven't contacted us. That's the Star Trek prime directive. There could be so many reasons. Like, that's my point is that like, say half of them got blow themselves up because, you know, they had an apocalyptic exchange before they ever became a civilization. And then the other half is just fucking scattered out there in this massive goddamn void that has, like I said, more stars than we could fucking count than grains of sand on this goddamn planet. 
I would say that if if aliens exist, the reason why we don't see them is it's like looking for a needle in a haystack. Well, something. No, I would say it's more likely a mix of some of what you said in that, um, like some type of Star Trek protocol situation, but also that they had interacted likely beforehand, but we're at a point now to where we're like we have a giant eyeglass to where we see what's going on in our immediate surroundings to where unless they have reason there's no reason to come over and directly observe and interact unless you know i don't know one can only presume their technology if we're assuming there's technology technology clone uh you can likely make a fake people and observe that way you know what i mean um there's also there's also one more thing I forgot to mention. Like another quarter of that civilizations, some of them might have developed enough technology since you mentioned technology so maybe remember it. Some of them may have had developed the technology to just completely isolate themselves from material reality. Say you build a Dyson sphere around a star and you power that this massive array of like this massive interstellar array that could just possibly like you know, charge this computer for billions of fucking years, whatever. And then you take this array off, and then you put every single one of your members of your population into this sort of computer-like simulation and just have them exist in a computer simulation. Or we say we find some technology that allows us to imprint our digital, our, our current consciousness into a digital imprint. Like, there's, you know what I mean? So there could be civilizations who have found that way of, like, technological ascension and managed to escape material reality. So, like, there is, you know, there's so many different ways life could have evolved or life could have... Some, some, sometimes some of them might not even seen a purpose to going out to space. Some of them might have just said, fuck it. I mean, by that logic, one would have to presume it's possible that we are then in a Dyson Sphere. We could be in a simulation. We could all just be running on brains and jars and a massive array and Dyson Spheres. Because there's plenty of people who are like, oh, the Matrix, the Matrix. I'm sure we've talked about it on the show a few times. And, you know, uh, if another, if it's plausible another situation could do that, then it's entirely plausible that a civilization here already did that. Probably. And your, and your other hypothesis could be correct about the imprisoned planet idea. Like... So, like, this planet could just be almost quarantined. Not, like, because we're bad mili or malicious, but more so just because, like, we haven't developed enough to a certain point or standard or quotia. You know? That, that's my optimistic position. That's, that's kind of why I have a two-path mind, too. The second path of my mind thinks, oh, there's probably something out there that just the second that a civilization is at a certain point just harvest them for all their resources. That I feel like that's almost promised. That's that's my point. It's like so with all the probabilities, like with the scale of the universe, probabilities become just a thing. Like there is no like their coincidence is just day of life in the universe on that scale. Like every single coincidence and every single probability has happened and probably multiple times. And there would probably be some civilization out there that works entirely on assimilating or destroying other species and harvesting them for all their resources. 
or just the sake of destroying organic life. Well, I mean, predatory instinct is a thing, so it would have to expand to the rest of the universe. Right, and that's probably the reasons why us as humans probably envision something like that in the first place. It's a reflection of our predatory instincts of our own. Could be. Or it could be that we're just translating what we know, because we are in a Dyson sphere, into entertainment and other things. And we just yeah. don't even realize it. There's a brain in the jar labeled in a corner with a break room sticker slapped on it. Only on Saturdays. Only on Saturdays. Man, this would be a good way to end off the show, but I don't think Tom's done with his blunt. Yeah, give me just a minute here. Give him just a minute. Thank you all for tuning into the break room. I think this is our actual final row for tonight. We talked about masculinity. We talked about how socialism and communism fit into the frame of societal expectations for some reason. We talked about the idea of masculinity and how it's like culture, like its cultural values have changed and how they have affected and are nowadays. And thank you for tuning in and listening to us talk about all of it. Have a good night. My bad, I'm still here. <laughs> it's okay at this point, Ron fucking remission. Anything else you want to say to the fucking crowd? Apparently, I was coming off low this episode. That's lovely. <laughs> All right, so uh, apparently I'm not logged in anymore. I don't remember what the login is offhand, so we're just going to all be saying bye and getting off the line here. I think it'll auto-end uh, once everybody leaves, hopefully so. Uh, but uh, thanks for joining this uh, happenstance, this little talk between me and Darby. Uh, next week we'll have another show for you. What's going to be? Couldn't need to tell you. Uh, but I'm still going to get it up for you sometime this week. So look out for that. And be sure to check out our sponsors, Excalibur. Uh, thank you again for that box from Heaven's Pantry. Delicious, all natural ingredients, only six in them. Uh, check them out. We have a discount code. They also have a discount code for 25% on Amazon. Forgive me for not remembering, but just go back to the beginning. You get a shout out. Talk Junk 69. Out. Yes, Talk Junk 69 for our personal reorder uh, discount. And then also a shout out to Dizzle. Uh, thank you for sponsoring, even though today I don't think any Dizzle went down. We'll make up for it in another episode. So uh, thank you all. It's not going to be an intro. Uh, but uh, excuse me, an outro. But uh, we'll see y'all next week. Take it easy, y'all. Peace. <laughs>